0: So the reason uh, the reason that Danny uh, said that he thinks you're going to get along well, other than the obvious, is that Danny has another <laughs> podcast called Bourbon and Blood, which is oh. he and his wife get drunk and watch a horror movie. Right? Is that? I mean, that's a pretty yeah. Wes,
1: I don't <laughs> even know you yet, but I'd like to have you on an episode. Yeah. I I I, uh,
2: I will tell you that the the bulk of like. I would say the bulk of people know me from, from the horror community. I used to run a website called the blood sprayer and uh, was a, uh, it was a a site that I basically turned into a a website where writers from all these other blogs and, and sites could come and write the shit that their other publications wouldn't let them write. Because I would, you know, I would be in, in one breath. I would talk about, you know, I would, I'm down for talking about the slashers and zombie movies, but like, I also want to talk about Andy Milligan movies <laughs> and Saijin Suzuki movies and Russ Meyer and shit like that. So, uh, so yeah, I sounds like I, uh, sounds like you and I have a lot in common in that regard. So.
1: We, uh, my bourbon and blood podcast is going through a little bit of a revamp right now because sure. I do it with my wife, Okay, but she's come out and told me that she's tired of bad horror movies, which the point <laughs> of this is we watch bad horror movies. <laughs> so she wants to be on some episodes, So now it's going to be like, I need to start next month or something. I need to, like, have a different guest every week and then have her on episodes (laughs) she wants to be on. Because, I don't know, I showed her just for my birthday. I wanted to watch Return of the Living Dead, and she hated Ah, it with a passion. Really? Like, like she likes good horror movies, like scary, actual. Okay,
2: yeah. I mean, I do, too. I do, too. Yeah, I do, too. Return to the Living Dead, like that's an easy one to stomach, as far as I'm concerned.
1: And it's easy to talk about, and make fun of, yeah.
2: Even if you love yeah. it, you so, got yeah. all those fucking awesome songs on that soundtrack. You got Forty Five Grave and all that shit on there. Like that's an, I don't know, man. I love that one. <laughs> I do too.
1: And like, I mean, I, anytime there's like horror punks in a movie, yeah, are, yeah, it's always yeah. fun to talk about.
2: Movie punks are the best, man. Yeah, you could, you could do a whole episode just on like the absurdity of movie punks like punk have you ever seen punk vacation oh i haven't seek that movie out so it's it it kind of it sits in that world with like class of 1984 okay uh uh vigilante 1987 that that whole thing um but like it has this but it's it has a real distinct 80s-ness to it but uh the story is like like it goes in so many weird fucking directions but you've got those classic 80s movie punks though with the with the big old liberty spikes and and the the chain from the ear to the nose and all that shit so yeah the punk vacation (laughs) i i'm a big fan of i'd check that out
0: i'm leaving all of this in (laughs) p.s
2: oh cool okay oh are we recording okay
0: i wanted to do like a like the beginning of emo like <laughs> i mean, through the whole <laughs> intro i mean it wasn't necessarily gonna leave it in you but then in. when you guys started talking i was like no i'm leaving it in. it's good <laughs> danny you know maybe that just means that it's fi- t- finally time for you and i to do they live no i'm oh. down oh. um because never... i don't i don't like horror movies um uh, well yeah. i should say i don't like jump scares okay and it okay. kept me out of the genre for the majority of my life and then uh Danny and I lived together for a couple years Mm -hmm. and I learned that I don't like jump scares but I do like 80s and 90s horror movies where the effects haven't aged great but the movie is still fun to watch um yeah and my my thing with horror movies has always been like I don't want to watch that because I'd be scared but I would read that book so it's not like The setting or the gore or like i'm not like leaving the theater thinking about ghosts or whatever it's just that i don't like being startled that's that's my thing like so i
2: i like and i like and i'd assume danny you're probably falling to this realm i genuinely enjoy being scared like i yeah i don't (laughs) i i like uh i like a movie fucking me up I'm, i'm a big fan of that and and i'll take it all man jump scares zombies like the the slow burn stuff, the abstract—I want it all. I'll, I'll watch all of it.
1: What's the last movie you're actually scared of, though? I feel like, as a horror fan, it's hard to get scared anymore. The last movie that actually scared me—oh,
2: um—I feel like I feel like honestly, like most recently, um, I watched this old—it's uh, an older movie. Criterion released the Blu-ray called uh, called Diabolique. Diabolic. Um, And it's about these two women that uh, they're basically like trying to pull off an insurance scam and ditch this guy's body. Uh, And uh, it has like it's set. I want to say it's set in the 30s. But there are so many eerie moments with the body and like uh, the, the dead guy and the whole like how the whole movie plays out. Like there's some just really unnerving shit in that. And that's a movie, honestly, that, that left me like, you know, like got under <laughs> my skin. But I think beyond that, uh, honestly, the last movie that scared me, scared me, probably Hereditary. That's just such an like, like relentless yeah. <laughs> horror movie. And I love it. I, I love that movie so much. But that's one that like, there's moments in that where I was like, uh, oh, OK, this is gnarly. But
1: I've noticed I need the setting to be scary i need to be in a yep. theater
0: like yep. i saw I,
1: I took the kids to see scary stories to tell in the dark yeah <laughs> and the movie's not that scary but when you're in a theater yeah. like i'm anticipating more and i get scared
2: i love yeah, it for sure yep no i totally get that and i like that feel anyway of like the, the theater is like the ultimate experience but even like i love the drive-in like we've always taken our kids to the drive-in and um like I mean the drive ins are what kept the cult and exploitation movie business going for a long time. So like to keep those keep those few that are alive still alive is I think important. So and watching a horror movie at a drive in is a pretty good experience too. That's fun. All
0: right, we should get on, into emo on this yeah, episode of Bourbon and Blood. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, we are here with Wes Allen. Uh, host of Why Did We Ever Meet podcast, uh, filmmaker extraordinaire. I've I said filmmaker because I know I looked at your IMDb just to be sure, mm-hmm. and you've done like a little bit of everything. You've got some producer yeah. credits, you got some acting credits. You, um, and then, you know, most importantly to my heart, uh, a member of the Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling Buddyverse. And that's actually how uh, Wes and I know each other because. Yeah you know tab makes friends with every person on the internet that they mention on their podcast and she's like oh they they actually live like close to us and i was like well let's be real friends with them yeah. and then here we are so yeah. um yeah and you know i've been trying to get him to invite me on his podcast for like a year well, now so i figured well, well if i get him on the music one <laughs> no, nah, i'm just giving you a hard time no
2: well i mean i now that now that we're on the back like i think it'll be safer for us to do an episode with you and tab now no i know we could no. actually do it in person so no, we've
0: we've only all been vaccinated for like a couple weeks <laughs> i so, know yeah like,
2: um, but yeah but so we you, ha- thank you for having me guys I'm yeah no to be um
0: I, uh, well, this all, so this kind of came, so, okay, uh, this is episode 22, and we are doing uh, Do You Know Who You Are by Texas is the Reason, Mm -hmm. Um, and this kind of came out of, uh, I told Wes maybe a couple months ago, I said, Mm -hmm. when you list these old old man emo bands from the (laughs) 90s, it just sounds like you're reading off like a food menu. Like I've never heard of any of these bands. Like you could just be bullshitting it for all I know and just saying (laughs) words. Um, And so then he made me a playlist of like a bunch of different uh, bands. And I thought, well, we need to have him on to talk about like to pick one of these bands and, uh, and talk about it. Um, So that's where we are. And did you, did you plan to do this? Did, Did, was it serendipitous that, we are doing this literally days before the 25th anniversary of the release of this album i
2: don't i don't it wasn't intentional no but uh i like i realized it i think last week cuz i was uh kind of getting my answers around for the the guest mix thing and uh and uh i i was like oh shit wait when did this come out and i looked i'm like oh my god we're coming up on Twenty-five years, which yeah, makes, yeah, which makes me super old. <laughs> uh Elder emo, as I've learned, they were called on TikTok.
1: Yeah, I just found that out too. Because yeah. on TikTok, I start tagging things elder emo as well. I yeah, guess yeah. But what I did find out also is like
2: when they're calling themselves elder emo, and they're I see the bands that they're they're referring to, I'm like, oh god,
0: that's like five to seven years after me. Oh no, <laughs> yeah, TikTok thinks. TikTok thinks millennials are old and uh, I know. They don't even think about Gen Xers. <laughs> they're just no, not even there. It's your, <laughs> you're talking shit about boomers. They're talking shit about millennials and they've just kind of, they've left you out of the cross. Yeah. Hairs, yeah.
2: So. And that's, I think it's okay. Cause we kind of coast through shit. Like eventually Gen Z and the millennials are going to go, what are you guys doing? And we're going to have to run. So <laughs> see, I don't think millennials
0: have any problem with Gen X. I think it's, no. you know, I I think it's going to be ultimately my kids' generation. We both hate the Zoomers, so and we both hate the Zoomers and the Boomers, so we find solace in that together. Absolutely, yeah, yeah.
1: This is a good segue where I want to, for the listeners that don't know, go over what the first wave, the second wave, and technically the third slash MySpace wave of emo is. Yeah. So emo. Started off as emo core, which was hardcore. You had bands like Rights of Spring, Dag Nasty. Those are the only two I've actually listened to of the oh okay. Well let's, First Wave. Well, Who I else say, we got
2: I would say this truthfully, if we're gonna talk about that, there's a thing that people there's a connective tissue that people leave out a lot, and I will say it you mentioned Dag Nasty, which is a great one, and yeah. you mentioned Rights of Spring, but really the, the true the true cornerstone of all of this can be traced back to two bands, I think, which are Husker du and The Descendants. Because they were two bands that popped up when all of the hardcore was happening on the East Coast, the West Coast, and in the Midwest. So you've got all of that stuff going on in New York, and DC. Um, you've got Black Flag and The Adolescents and everything going on in LA. And then the Midwest is where Husker du pops up. Uh, the Necros, which are here in our hood, um, but what, what happens is Husker Du and the Descendants take this melodic route, and it's a little more expre- emotionally expressive music, and I think that set them apart, and I do think that cleared a, ba- a path for Dag Nasty and Rites of Spring, and also the other Fugazi-connected bands. Rites of Spring always gets mentioned. Embrace was a band Ian did pre-Fugazi. Oh, and then and uh, which and that record is fucking incredible. Every oh, yeah. song on it is good, and I will say that those are some of Ian's best lyrics. And then Guy had another band called One Last Wish that um, is pre-Fugazi that that
1: would fit into that as well. I didn't know any pre-Fugazi era stuff, and I I I always considered Descendants. I know differentiating between emo and pop punk. Yeah, sure, sure. Skate punk. I always considered Descendants more on that end, even in the yeah. early stuff. But yeah,
2: and and they definitely are same way with Hooskerdoo Du. Like I I always tell people my favorite hardcore album of all time is Metal Circus by Hooskerdoo Du, because it is a it's a hardcore record. Like there's no there's no if hands or buts. But Husker Du and the Descendants ended up taking a different path out of hardcore and punk that ultimately would like kind of give license to a band like gorilla biscuits to go like oh well we can we don't have to scream necessarily we can kind of yeah. sing and, and have some hooks and i i do think those are foundational bands
0: so, so in, in the, the 90s out of depth
2: i'm no, so on my fucking depth here
1: <laughs> i mean i only knew a few bands from the first wave but the second wave you might know more second wave yeah. you know mid 90s early 90s even too you have sam sam I uh Carrot. promise promise ring not a surf knapsack
2: yeah. you know uh, bands yeah, like yeah. that American yeah, football, quicksand, uh, seaweed, uh uh bands that maybe are a little off the radar a bit, but like there there are a group of bands that predate that move too. Uh, Game Face, Sensefield, and Far Side are three bands that um, oddly enough, they're all West Coast bands. I just had Jeff Caudill from Game Face on on Why Do We Ever Meet?
0: Great interview, so, by the way. Thank yeah. you. He he's a
2: fuck fantastic dude. Um, uh, Jeff pointed out the fact that like Farside, Sensefield And uh, Gameface All popped up out of this scene Where all these hardcore bands and punk Because you had like that whole Epitaph Fat Records thing was starting to happen in California You had the hardcore bands Popping up like Mouthpiece and all that Shit and you're coming off the back end of Like the Black Flag SST thing Um, And then these bands Pop up and these are guys that are like yeah We like punk and hardcore but we all listen to Power Pop (laughs) <laughs> and like so like we like hooks and singing and so they were kind of bouncing in between all these bands so that's like that happens like before quicksand so then like to me quicksand hits and then like you would mentioned sam i am uh
1: uh not a certain na- promise ring
2: Snapsack is another one like blair definitely is one of those key songwriters another california band far um they're they're another one that fits into that realm um but yeah, that that would be my
1: wave is what we're well, discussing there. I didn't think second wave was completely my wave mm-hmm. because, I mean, I knew the bands and I got into them later, but the bands that got me into the emo scene are the Get Up Kids Saves the Day, Hot Rod Circuit, uh, Jimmy World, yep. and all of them dropped albums, their first really good EPs or albums in 98 or 99, which is the yep. same year that like Promise Ring was putting out huge stuff or it's when all those bands really started to get noticed. So yeah. I almost think those bands are, even though they didn't get famous until let's say the mice third wave. Yeah. But it, I yeah. think they are part of the second wave. They started For
2: sure. because they come in. Like if you look at like how some of those labels popped up too, like Texas is the reason and quicksand and those guys, all those bands popped up after that first wave of hardcore kids started to splinter into other bands. So like Gri- gorilla biscuits breaks up, Walter starts quicksand. Um, Norman, uh, was in Norman Brandon was in shelter and I think one Oh eight. And then ultimately joins with Garrett and Scott and those guys to form Texas is the reason. Uh, but those records, if you look, they're like 95, 96, look at the first get up kids record. The first Jimmy world record. Um, Yeah. They're all
1: 99. Right. Mineral,
2: Mineral, the promise ring. Like they all have records that came out in like 97 or, you know, 97, 98. So when did doghouse records start doghouse is mid nineties, mid early to mid nineties. I couldn't tell.
1: I couldn't remember, but I remember a lot of those that band roster was in the genre.
2: Yeah. Chamberlain um, is another band from that, that era. Uh, Hot water music, uh, you know, who carried on into, you know, the third wave for sure. But hot water, uh, hot water was a part of that movement as well. So,
1: and then you have your more of course well-known third wave and yep. that's also called the myspace emo wave
2: that's interesting
1: that's it's because it, it's how all those bands got big is because yep. there was a digital way for them to get their music out but you have like thursday brand new follow boy my cam everything the hot topic made famous
0: yeah that's, that's why i joined the party yeah yeah <laughs> that is the third do. wave
2: yeah a lot of people do and honestly i mean i was going to a shitload of shows then. And like the band I was in at the time, like we were like that, that's the biggest band I was ever in. And it's because that shit was booming. (laughs) Like, you know, like it was the right time to be in a post hardcore band. Um, But, you know, we were coming off of it. Like we wanted to be Texas is the reason Elliot, Sam. I am like, those are the bands handsome. Those are the bands we wanted
1: to be like the bands that are like the second wave, I would say so I took a poll on Instagram with just eight, nine, 10, 11 of the bands from that era to see who was the most influential. Mm-hmm. Some of them got no, of course. Apple seed yeah. cast got none. Just to Brazil got two, which I love jets to Brazil. So that's sweet. Jawbreaker got five. Okay. Piebald got none, but I feel like piebald didn't make their own face until 2000s. Cause they did yeah. start in that genre. Their first album was very much. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't get big until later. Mm-mm. Knapsack got zero, which I thought was crazy. Promise I mean, ring there too.
2: That's that's way off
1: the mark. <laughs> Knapsack <laughs> is fucking wildly
2: like. If you listen to like, there are so many bands that have ripped off shit that Blair wrote, like that they don't even realize that they were ripping Knapsack off.
1: No, I agree. I think uh, the day day of three day three that album is yeah. very influential, and then, mm-hmm. uh, well, Sunny Day Real Estate got a couple. Mm-hmm. Braid got zero, which is crazy to me. It's hurting me now. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, these are bands that I knew, so I was shocked too. Yeah, Sunny my one Day of my real
0: estate is like the band that, like, when you see like a mainstream documentary about yes. emo, like that's the that one is that exactly they exactly right.
2: Yep. Yeah, I agree. And one of my that, now with that whole Foo Fighters connection too, like that. Yeah, one I think that's be... that's
1: why. Yeah. 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 And then one of my favorite influence ones, Captain Jazz, got zero. Yeah. That album's ring, so man.
2: good. Uh, yeah. 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 That's a, that's a, and pro, the Promise Ring is fucking wildly influential. Yeah.
1: And um, American football and pro, Texas is the reason it got a couple each. Yeah, so, man, yeah. <laughs> Texas,
2: Texas is a massive, Texas, and we'll get into it when we talk about the record, but I watched the influence that Texas had and like the shit that like they did that like for years after bands would just write songs like that because. They heard it on the te- on Do You yeah. know Who You Are?
0: Oh yeah, no, I I definitely there were so there were so many riffs yes. on this album that I was like, what does that sound like? Yeah, what does that sound like that I've heard? Yeah, that definitely came out after this. Yes, yeah,
2: and even yeah. the song structure, there's a lot of that going.
0: Yeah. on. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. That's what I. Yeah, that's what I mean. Not just yeah. the riffs, but like the whole yeah, you know, piece. Danny, you said Jets to Brazil, didn't you? Did, didn't um, someone in Texas is the reason go on to be in Jets to Brazil? Yeah, I think Scott played in Jets, and I know
2: uh, I want to say... Um, yeah, Josh! He- I
0: can read Wikipedia. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh,
2: I think Scott, uh, Scott Weingard, Wingard, uh, I think he's the one that joined Jets, and I know the dude from uh, I think the dude from Han- uh, from Handsome was also in Jets as well. I uh, Now, I will say, jawbreaker wildly influential massive band i love them i when it came to the jaw bands i am a jaw box guy i am a
1: jay robbins more than a a blake schwarzenbach guy <laughs> i have sadly never listened to jaw box i know who they are i recommend it highly recommend check that it. out yeah <laughs> all right let's get into this very, album
0: very cool right josh <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so i the um not not as much stuff in the stat sheet here but this is uh texas is the reason's first album and like we already mentioned it was released april 30th 1996 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. good year the red wings were actually good then (laughs) um and just a couple like little just a couple little notes here on the album as a whole um the title is uh, the the final words that were said to John Lennon as he was dying en route to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And then I guess several of the tracks are uh, that the titles are allude to the JFK assassination and various theories surrounding it. Yeah. Really? Do you know which ones? Yeah. Uh, it, magic bullet theory for sure. Yeah. And then I think Johnny on the spot. And back into the left. Know. Yeah.
2: And a jack with one eye
0: damn mm-hmm. i did not yeah, know that. yeah jack with one eye makes sense yeah i didn't yeah. even but that's did. also
2: like that's also i've heard people say and i should have asked norman when i interviewed him uh there like because there's also like like a jack with one eye can also be a twin peaks reference too now i don't know if that's the case and i interviewed the fucking guitar player and didn't ask <laughs> me so that's
0: is that's amazing. did you did you put that out already
2: no, not yet. Ooh, I gotta I ooh, a little, yeah, a little preview. Yeah, yeah. He was fantastic.
0: <laughs> Man, I should have waited we should have waited to do this until after that, but <laughs> so I would have known more about the band. No, just kidding. Yeah, um, so that's that's all I have as far as like overall album stuff. Mm-hmm. Um I don't uh so I don't, and the other, one of the other things we do when we do these album retrospectives is we do uh, like personal histories. I don't actually have really any personal history with this band. Although I obviously going through this, I realized that this is, uh, you know, this is what led to the music that, you know, the, that third wave that I, that yeah. I uh, grew up with and I'm uh, still in love with still listening to all the same stuff that I listened to in 2004. Yeah. Um, but obviously, Wes, like you have uh, your personal history with the band is, you know, way more, uh, you know, explosive than mine. Do you <laughs> what, what, uh, obviously like the can you give us like a like a nutshell? Like, yeah. Um,
2: yeah. Um, I I remember here like the first time I heard them like this is steeped in like I'm full on like hardcore kid in high school uh but i've always like i like melody i like structure you know and and there so like i was drawn to the more melodic bands anyway i love uh i love dag nasty um i loved gorilla biscuits uh, i love a band like ignite um but there were uh there was something like there's a shift and they the, uh, there was a shift happening in music where victory records was sort of monopolizing hardcore at the time there was a lot of like, that was that real heavy earth crisis snap case era uh, of hardcore and revelation records, which is like the home of, of youth of today and gorilla biscuits and all of that stuff. The stuff that I, I, I liked initially, um, they had, uh, they were starting to sign the bands that came after those bands and they put out a, they put out a compilation called in flight program, And it had a shitload of stuff on it. A ton of the the new Revelation record stuff that was coming out. And that is where, that's the first time I heard Texas is the reason. Uh, That's where I got into Farside, uh, Body Jar. Uh, Who else did I get into off of that? Um, Sensefield, really. Like That's the first time I really gave them a shot. Um, I think Spark Marker is on there as well. But they were really showcasing this post-hardcore sound. And that's the first time I heard Texas is the reason is when I got that comp and it was one of those like dollar comps that all those indie labels were doing with like a hundred tracks on it. And that song back into the left, I was like, oh my God. And immediately got the album and was just obsessed with it. Like it was this huge door opening for me because I was already listening to Fugazi and all that. And I didn't, emo was not a word. Like that wasn't, that wasn't anything that was in my vernacular. And didn't know what it was until, you know, like months later when that word is becoming more prominent, but like it was post hardcore seemed like the most sensible description. And, but the moment I got that album, I mean, I was listening to it tirelessly and have been listening to it for, for now for, you know, almost 25 years. I still, that is a go-to album
0: for me. Very cool. Um, and you know, just a, a segue off of that, you uh this is actually this album that we're about to go through is the their most like financially successful um Revelation Records, like it's their highest uh performing album that they've put out. So
2: Yeah. Uh, well, this and uh Grill Biscuits start today are apparently are their two big they're big nuts. Um it's a and funny, it's it's the only full length they ever they ever release Texas ever released too. And I, I do think it's interesting that, like, they were instantly becoming this thing where, like, there were rumors about them, like, being this wild, like, they, they were all kids that came out of, like, the straight edge scene, but they were all, like, th- there was these wild rumors about them, like, selling their gear for drugs and stuff. Like, just, they became, like, a rock and roll band, and that wasn't happening that, at that time in hardcore, so they had a mythos to them, too, that was, made them all the more alluring.
0: I thought the the story that I read that I thought was wild was the, like they were, they were like on the cusp of signing with a major label and then they go on like a European tour and they're like, there's infighting and I couldn't really find out what yeah. like the infighting was about, but then they're like, okay, if this show in Germany is like, is good, we're going to be done. And that's yes. that, that, that yeah. it was like so good. So they knew that it was over and it's like, why, why would you stop? Why would you stop if everything like, it seems like everything is like right there. Right. You're about to send to a major label. Yep. You're, you're yep. touring to hundreds and hundreds of people in Europe. Like now's the time, but yep. you know, that's and,
2: uh... Uh, Norman. When that episode comes out, you'll hear it. Like Norman tells the story about like the major labels. There was essentially for lack of a better term, it was kind of a bidding war. And these yeah. guys were like, they weren't rich. You know, they were like hardcore kids. That were starting to like see some success, but they were also trying to figure out how the fuck they were gonna pay rent. Like they're living in New York. And yeah, like they were having they were taking meetings with labels because
0: they knew they'd get a meal out of it. Like mm. that that's this that's the sort of dire straits these
2: dudes were in at the time.
0: Yeah, I saw a thing about an A and R guy buying their groceries at one <laughs> point. Yeah. 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 Which is which is wild. <laughs> so Danny, do you have anything to add on personal history or
1: uh, I mean, I had a friend in high school who introduced me to all that. I mean, I was into simpler like Death Cat for Cuties, something about airplanes. And then uh-huh. the first Jimmy World Clarity album, like that's not their first, but that album.
2: Yeah.
1: And then he's like, oh, well, let me make you a mix. And there was a few Texas is the reason songs on it. So that was my Thanks. gateway. I didn't even know about that compilation you were talking about till I listened to this on Spotify and saw it at the bottom is something yeah. you can listen to. Yeah, I love those kind of compilations. That was the best part of like Epitaph, Vagrant, all those oh, bands. They yeah. or labels, they were killing it with putting out compilations that were super yeah. cheap that were just full of bands. Yeah, like the Punkorama series introduced me to so many. Oh,
2: god, yeah. <laughs> I miss
1: Punkorama Four was my like. <laughs> so like uh, one and two were big, like huge
2: for me. Like one and two, uh, like really, because I think what two is like kind of what leads you into fat records, really. Like, yeah, uh, the second one kind of makes you look at and then all the fat records comps. But, like, with the emo stuff, Deep Elm was awesome. The Emo Diaries, yeah. those are that's an incredible series of compilations. Uh, Crank, they put out some really good compilations. Uh, that was that was it, man. I mean, that was that when they were signing new bands, these are how these labels were getting exposures. They're releasing these compilations and. You were going to decide, you know? Oh, I got to buy that band's record. Like so many bands' record, whose records I bought because of the the emo diaries. Yeah, yeah. like cross cross my heart and Star Market. I would I still love those bands, and were it not for those, I don't know that I would have gotten on that train.
1: I think that's the most nostalgic, sad thing I, I think about with Warp Tour. I remember the first couple years I went right out yeah. of high school. Yeah. Like I would go tent to tent looking for those compilations. Hell yeah. Like, yeah. compilations then you get so home and you're fun. like, all right, who do I love now? <laughs> yep. Yep. That's what it's, that's what they're there
2: for, man. I mean, that in-flight program was, a, that, that comp is m- massive for me. I just, you know, he, discovering Texas is the reason, Sensefield and Farside, those three bands alone that I still listen to to this day. And like, I mean, the, the fact that like that, that, little compilation is what got me to those bands. I mean, I, that one's a big deal for me.
0: When you, Danny, when you talk about having a friend in, uh, in high school, making you a a tape, I just, or making you like a mix. It just makes me think of, uh, little, uh, you know, 19, 18, 19 year old me walking into, the adrian mall hot topic going i like fallout boy and you'd be like oh really well let me show you this other band called motion city soundtrack and this other band called you know brand new and it's and here here we are you know three million years later that oh that's so so that's how you guys met yeah 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 that's really he's one of my music sherpas so
2: okay right on cool i uh i i i like motion city soundtrack they remind me of the promise ring
0: Yeah. No, I got really like you, you post music in your story and I usually don't know who it is. And then I saw you had Justin one time you had Justin Pierre stuff in there and I was like, yes,
2: like, I like him. I think he's a good songwriter. He's, he's good. Ashley and I ran into them at a, at a truck stop off of uh, the turnpike once years ago. And, uh, we, we, I ended up talking to him about movies I think for a few minutes.
0: I'm going to try to get him to come on the show, Danny, after we have a couple more, uh, shows in the band. i, I have a friend who gets lead singers of bands that he loves on his show all the time and i've been inspired by him
2: <laughs> you know dude i've got now that i've got jeff caudill and jonah matranga i all it, bob mold that's the third one i but uh, i mean i i don't you can I don't do know. it I, I mean you
0: look at what you've already been able uh, to do right?
2: <laughs> i don't know if bob's as easy to get a hold of as as jeff and and jonah <laughs> i don't know maybe he is.
1: I'm down to do this, but this started off as us just having fun, and that's stressful. But I'm down to have other. (laughs) (laughs) Like if the more famous people we get on here, I don't want to talk about my music taste anymore. I just want to like shyly like blush and
0: hey, hey, (laughs) remember, remember remember when? Yeah. Hey man, I just I I I yeah. I mean, look at how nervous we've been with musicians that we don't uh, like haven't loved for 20 years but yeah uh, yeah well yeah. we would both be shitting our pants if we had justin pierre on but i feel like if it you know he he responds to tweets and instagram posts yeah. so i'm gonna try it one of these days and you know maybe 20 more episodes down the line we'll see
2: so
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Anyway. just to
1: give you wes a, like so my embarrassment of interviewing celebrities <laughs> when i worked in hot topic for god way too many years like 10 years there was one time that they told us to go get the used from the FYE in the store. Like they were in the mall because yeah. they were playing a show and Hot Topic was putting it on, and we were supposed to interview them in the store. Okay. So I went in and they're looking through CDs. And like my little heart is like, oh my God, this is the perfect time to talk to a musician mm-hmm. about music. And like And you love the Used. Like
0: used is yeah. one of your like favorite bands, right? Or especially at that time.
1: Yeah, at that time. Okay. And I choked. I was just like, you guys, you guys nervous for tonight? Like I sounded like I was so, I look back on that day and I cringe every time. Uh, uh, Hey
0: man, that was like 2005. You got a lot, you got a lot (laughs) under your belt since then. So like, that was the perfect opportunity
1: to talk to any band. Like, let's talk about the albums you're looking at. What are you looking for? What? Right.
2: right. Yeah. Could have had a full conversation about a mutual favorite band.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and then he pulls out something that you hate, and you're like, "Oh no!" Like, <laughs> hey, that makes them more relatable if I can find yeah, something they just, hate music true. wise.
1: That's true.
0: That's true. All right, All right should we get it? Yeah, yeah, should we get into it? Yeah. Forty yeah. minutes later, let's talk about the album. Hey, man, it's a long road. You know, we get, we got here. So <laughs>
1: it's a long road.
0: All right, uh, tr- I'm gonna. Uh, you guys have more to say, so I'm gonna lead us through the tracks. Uh, yeah. So, track number one is Johnny on the Spot. Mm-hmm.
2: I personally, I like for this band. I think this is the perfect opening track. Um, it it shows these guys that, like, if you looked on the liner notes and you recognize their names from other bands, this song immediately showcased their evolution as musicians. Uh, and like, I mean, at the time, none of us knew. When you're putting that CD in the tray, you don't know that. Oh, this band is going to go on and, and like literally like shape how uh how bands from this this genre write their music. But that song, if you're gonna look for an indicator, that Johnny on the spot's a great way to
1: open that record. I have an opposing opinion. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be kind of a theme, the first half of the album. Gotcha. I hate all right, okay. I dislike the lyrics on the first half of this whole album. Fair. I feel like it's very okay. repetitive. I feel like his songwriting in the last like four tracks or three yeah. tracks Man, you're are stabbing the
0: knife in his heart. Well, like, I know. The first track. Here. I know.
1: <laughs> but this this song, the lyrics annoyed me. It's not the guitar and the bass like the musically. You see where they're coming from. And this is going to yeah. be a, a great album. Yeah. But lyrically and it. And I know Josh, you said something earlier, but I actually love the way
0: he sings.
1: I just oh, I don't... said that
0: before we started.
1: Oh. Yeah. I don't love the lyrics. And I just think they're like it's same verse, same chorus, same verse, same chorus. And it's not even yeah. it doesn't make a lot of sense. Though later in the album, which we'll get to, yeah, his lyrics are way more well-rounded and you get more of a picture. All right, yeah. sorry, that was my
2: nope, nope. I and look, that's that's what we're here to do. We're here to discuss it. I think <laughs> I also think too, like given their age, like, like I try to put into context, like where, what's your mindset at, in your early twenties. And like, these lyrics make sense in that context. Like I'm sure like Garrett looks back now and is like, (laughs) Oh, but uh, I think the song, the way the song is presented, it shows like, there's still a little bit of that, like some of that guitar work, Definitely indicates like, oh, okay, these dudes mean business. Like there's a, there's a hardcore background, but it's, I mean, there's a lot of hooks in the song. Like there, there's, there's definitely like, it's, it's very like a uh, chorus driven. And I think that was the indicator because hardcore is so like, especially that era of hardcore is very like deliberate. Like the lyrics are very, like very matter of fact and deliberate. And that's kind of how hardcore is where this is less deliberate and less uh um i think the narrative in his lyrics is uh it it, there it it, he tried to leave room to interpret things on your own as opposed to like start today by gorilla
1: biscuits you know yeah I i yeah i do see that and i but like hardcore and emo the best part about those are like the lyrics paint a picture yeah and for sure all of these like they tell a story or they paint a picture or they express an emotion really well yep. yep i just didn't feel like this song did anything for me lyrically
0: sure yeah so just to uh make it clear what i what i had set off air uh I, which i was gonna say on air but um i've found when we do these things that i have sometimes have a hard time like uh with things from the nineties and early two thousands, if I don't, if I didn't live through it. So like I listen to something that maybe it has a dated sound that I loved back then. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is great. I don't care that it sounds like it's from the nineties. But then if I, if I didn't already experience it and I'm hearing a nineties thing, then uh, sometimes have a harder time getting into it. And this album I did, like I, the first listen through, I was like, "Oh no, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna be shitting on this the whole time," and and like, and I don't want to do that. But then, like, I listened to it a bunch, and I and like, I really like um, musically. Uh, but the, the but the thing that Danny is referencing is that um, some of the vowels and the word pronunciations when Garrett's singing are very like have a '90s twang to me, and the 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 and the, it's very apparent on this one. And well. The, the word in the album that I hear it the most, and maybe it's just because it's the first thing I heard in this song, but anytime he says the word time, time, yeah. I'm like, oh, like, <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about that, you know, but, it, you know, it's, uh, that's just me being like. You know, I don't know. I but that I the first listen, I was like time, time, and I was like, <laughs> oh no, like if- what is this '90s vocal? And then, but then on subsequent listens, I I got past it. But I I I I don't know that there's very many albums that I didn't like. Judge it real hard the first time I heard it, and then yeah, like, w- like I warm I I usually judge things real hard, and then warm up to them, even with bands that I love and and uh and are big fans of. So yeah,
2: I, I think with I. I think something else too, to keep in context is uh, if you listen to Garrett, the band he did after there's a band he did called the new rising sons. And it's a very like Britpop pop influenced thing. Hmm. And Garrett definitely has like, is tuned into that. Um, Oasis stone roses. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, like you can hear that. And when you
0: hear new rising sons, you'll go, Oh, okay. All right. That's when I also, I came from. Yeah. And when I hear it and I think, oh, this album was recorded in nineteen ninety-five and released in nineteen yeah. ninety-six, like this like the vocals make complete sense. And honestly, yeah. I feel like the music is ahead of its the music part of it is ahead of its time. Like Agreed. so Yeah. 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 That's that, that's my yeah, yeah. that's that's my thought on the, the vocals. And yep, no, yeah.
2: I, I'm with you. Yeah.
0: So all right, number two, uh the magic bullet theory. Can I point oh, out something
1: yeah. right off the bat Yep. can I share my screen yeah. Will that is that the same in the other thing where you can hear what I'm listening to
0: um, I think you can tell it to share sound when you share yes maybe make sure you close your porn tabs before you share <laughs> I did I did okay good
1: share audio all right you ready yeah so
0: we know this oh I gotta put hold on sorry I gotta put it on the screen there we go can you hear it? Sorry. Yep.
1: Great guitar part. They just slowed it down. Yep. Wow. <laughs> Man, like, don't I was go to, to This I was like, how do I know that? Now, what's funny too
2: is now that it's funny you brought that up because one of the notes, and I've listened to this album a million fucking times. But one note that I wrote down, because sitting down to write notes on this record is a totally different listen yeah. than, you know, than just listening to it to enjoy it. Um, this song has so many elements that would go on to be templates for emo and post-hardcore. And yeah. you, that, that Taking Back Sunday riff is a great example where like whether it's like some of the structural things they do in this song are things that are staples in that genre and then you have this where
1: taking back sunday just straight up took the
2: fucking riff. it just slowed down
1: <laughs> it's like the same riff but just slowed down i was like holy shit because i've heard this song way before yeah yeah and i've never put it together until i was listening because we just did a taking back sunday episode oh so yeah, so i was like sure. fresh in my mind and i was like wait a second <laughs> that's so funny god that's funny <laughs> So yeah, my opinion is again, didn't love the lyrics, but in this song, some of the shit they do with the guitars, I'm like, yeah. this is structure for what's to come for all yep. these other bands. Oh, it's absolutely. a great song.
2: Yeah, and there's that theme. I think that this album thematically that comes up a lot, where you hear it and go, "Oh my God, they they the, they built the framework. <laughs> Everybody else just got to move their furniture in. These guys built the <laughs> goddamn house." <laughs>
0: So I basically just said the same thing. I said that this song sounds like several parts of the song sound very familiar to me. Yeah. Obviously this big band is a big influence on the scene to come. So yes. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. All right. Number three, uh, nickel wound.
2: I love, so I know you guys have been, you guys have had some issues with the lyrics. I will say the chorus on this. Danny one, had I, issues with the lyrics. <laughs> uh, uh you didn't like the presentation of the word time.
0: Time, uh, yeah.
2: Uh, see, I thought you were going to say again because he says again.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, time was the one that like really stuck in my side, though. So um, the chorus
2: on this one, that that palm muted riff, and then like the chorus. The uh, can't think of any more to say. Is there anything left for me? Even if I try to understand, it won't ever be the same. Is there anything left for me? Like that is the most. Early twenties, like that is every. That's everyone in their early twenties. Yeah, estimation yeah. of like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, am I doing any of this right? Well, what's going to be left when I'm done fucking off? Like, I. I that that's something I think really that 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 is where you can hear like this is you're writing about what's happening to you right now. That's what I got from. That's what I get from this one.
1: So I know I've given a lot of shit to the lyrics, but one of my earliest memories of this band is I remember singing that chorus. I didn't even remember the song, yeah. until I was listening to it. But I remember singing, "Is there anything left?" Like that whole, yeah, yeah. I remember like that's a car sing along. That's a yeah, and even that's a the, good chorus.
2: The bridge, the it's getting cold all over again. Like that thing, that's such a memorable, such a memorable line too.
0: So I love that you guys have both said like the two other things, because the lyric, I wrote down some lyrics for this one too. And I have that, you'll have to believe in me. You have to hear me when I say, and I'll make, I'll make up something that just so you'll just so that you'll believe in me. Yeah. I was like, man, just makes, I identify with this, like being young and like trying to like figure out a way to not be a poser. Like, like, you know, you don't, um, you, you
2: don't want to like, you're dealing like, I feel like your 20s, I explained it to our son once that your 20s are just like you're broke and there's just this veil of uh, there a haze of depression that's through the entire decade of your 20s. And I think these lyrics sort of encompass that, like I, you know, like you're just trying, you're, you're fighting off imposter syndrome everywhere you fucking go.
0: Yeah. You're supposed to be an adult, but you're not really, you don't feel like an adult at all. Exactly. I am still there now at 35, but I mean, it was worse (laughs) when I was in my twenties, 41 and I'm still fucking off.
1: (laughs) That gives all of us hope.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I have to say like, so I'm, I'm firmly, this is totally out of left field, but well, I am I'm pretty firmly in the like, I don't want kids camp. But if there was if there's anyone I've ever heard make like make it like people always try to sell you on like (laughs) having kids is great. But like listening to listening to Wes talk about he's got he's actually got some cool kids that don't sound like a huge pain in the ass. Um, And uh they are cause they're
2: kids. But. Yeah. Well, actually they
0: sound like they're a pain in the ass, but in, in, in a, I guess in a different way than a comedic my, way. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, um, like tab and I listened to your podcast and we're like, maybe. And then I'm like, no, I still, don't. I mean, no. cash is cool, but still, I mean, yeah, you can, he can be cool from a distance, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah,
2: they're, they're uh, like, I, we are parents that if people are like, we don't want to have kids. My wife and I are like fucking good on you. That's, that's the right move. It's not for everybody. <laughs> I
0: should I should say that Danny's kids are cool too. But I uh, I didn't want to I say anything. Hear, yeah, I, I don't I don't hear <laughs> I, I can see it in your face. I, I don't hear about them on a podcast every week and hear them making <laughs> good and stuff good like point. I do. His kid kids. Fair so. enough. Yeah, I didn't want to leave you out. Plus, I didn't want I didn't want Anne to be mad at me later either. So <laughs> okay. track four. Track free. Hey, don't Boy. take it from me. Don't. This is my thing. Okay. Uh, there's no way I can talk myself out of this one tonight. The drinking song. Yeah. Yep. Yep.
1: Let's talk uh, about iconic bass lines. Yes.
2: <laughs> oh, this
1: bass line you can hear in almost every emo band at one point.
2: <laughs> the straight up fucking, like, if you were going to lay down, like, if you're writing a book of, like, here's what a bass line sounds like in an emo song, it's the bass line
1: for this track. I feel like every band at that time that started as an emo band was like, all right, if you want to join our band, I need you to play this bass line." Yep. <laughs> okay. You're in. All right.
2: As long as you know that we're good, man. <laughs> <laughs> it is the drinking song for sure. Uh, another big chorus. Also something else. If you listen to the, the rounded backup vocals, that kind of move in rounds, that's something that would also carry on through emo and post-hardcore, you'd hear a lot of bands, whether it's a band like, uh, my chemical romance or, you know, taking or back Sunday taking back Sunday. They did that a lot. Yep. Uh, those are all those bands did that. They all played that move. And, and Texas is kind of the root of it. As far as I'm concerned,
0: Texas is the reason they do it. That's right. <laughs> I, I love this song.
1: So and actually, I all right. Now that I'm looking at my notes, I think it's just the first two songs. I hit the lyrics because <laughs> every other one of these, I'm fine with the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> it's just those first two songs. Just don't catch me. But he this one, I on get like out. a, I get like a, it's almost like a, I drink cause I'm, we're fighting and I'm, we're fighting cause I'm drinking kind of yep. vibe. Yeah. From the lyrics, like a back and forth. Yep. Yeah.
2: This is definitely the, uh, I'm in a really shitty relationship song. Like that's, that's 100% what I, yep. what this song says to me, like, this is, this is a toxic relationship and I don't know how the fuck we're going to survive it, but I'll write a song about it.
0: Yep. <laughs> I've sung the same song. I've sung it for way too long. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. He's pretty much spelled it out for you.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's really good though.
2: Oh, great song. Such a good track. Yeah. Very good. I, yeah. The momentum's really good on this record. I think that's one of the the key components too is they know when to they know when to hammer the riffs they know when to pull back like there's the the movement on it is really good
1: another thing i feel like other bands learn from this song is like Pete Wentz on how to title a song <laughs> like let's make yeah. it as long as possible yeah yeah, dude. yeah. yeah this yeah, record this-,
2: this record is filled with ridiculous titles so <laughs>
0: All right, number five. Uh, something to forget.
2: I think it's one of the most dynamic songs they ever wrote. Um, the come down and then build up in the ending, like that's a that part's really gorgeous. Uh, this song always like this is this is one of my favorite. Texas is the reason songs. Um, this is one too that has two different versions. There's one on a split seven inch they did with Sam Ael. uh S A M A E L. Um, but they, this is, this is a song they actually had two different versions of, but I love, I love how this song showcases so many dynamic aspects to what their, what their songwriting was about. I think this is a nice template of that or a nice, a a nice example of that. Like it's a good song to show somebody. If you want to be like, what is Texas is the reason about, I feel like this is a good song to show them.
0: So I have a question for you, for you guys. Mm-hmm. The, the, the thing that it's too bad that this side of you can't be seen by everyone. So now you got something to forget. Is this, is the thing that is not being seen like someone being shitty or is it a good thing that, that they're not sharing with other people? Like, you know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. That's a good question. Um, I don't know. What do you, I mean, what do you guys think?
0: I mean what, i would where, assume that it's a, like i would assume that it's like you know the person he's in a relationship with is like being shitty behind closed doors and it's like oh it's too bad other people can't see how you how you're being like how and you I are do. yeah i don't yeah. have and the don't lyrics
1: know. up in front of me but i thought the rest of the lyrics were pretty like nice like yeah uplifting I, towards the other person so that's why i was taking it the other way i always even though it's it too
2: i i always took it as the the uh uh, in a uh, similar to uh, the song Sunshine by Sam I Am. I always saw it as similar to that of like, they don't see they don't see th- they're missing out on some of the best parts of you.
1: I can see why Josh gets that confused though, because or is asking about it because it, it's sung with a tone where it's almost like yeah, you're shitty. I wish people saw that side yep. of you. Yeah, but yeah. the rest of the lyrics do not give that tone at all. No. So
2: No, but like you said though, like with if you listen to if you listen to the the music, like it would lead you to believe like there is a there's like some melancholy to it that would lead you to go, like, oh, is this is this another bad relationship song?
1: What would you uh, would you introduce someone to version one or two first? I haven't heard version one. I
2: I would say I would say this version. Um, The other version is more. uh, there's less heft to it. There's, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, it's not as bold sounding as this version. Cause it's on like the
1: deluxe release has both yeah. versions of it. So, and then I know I talked about how the baseline in the last, I'm a bass player. So I noticed okay, this stuff, okay. but <laughs> the baseline in the last one is iconic because every other band somehow incorporated into their music. But yep. I think this is the best baseline on the album. The one in this song. Sure. Just like,
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: It's real good. Solid
2: rhythm. The rhythm section is really good. Like those guys were, those guys, those guys carried the song, all of this music very nicely. And they did it in a way where it's not generic. Like it's, it's, they're not falling into like punk and they're punk and hardcore tropes, but they're also like, they're not straying out in there doing like weird math rock shit. It's pretty straightforward, but also like they, they, uh, the rhythm section makes these songs palatable to people that aren't maybe they wouldn't typically listen to this type of music like you could probably catch a radio rock fan with a band like this
0: radio yeah, yeah. Gross. <laughs> um, all right title track number six do you know who you are instrumental I
1: was about to say Josh don't you just love instrumentals
0: I do like you do sometimes No, I just sometimes when a, when like a band, you know, a band has just like a random instrumental. Yeah. Sometimes I scratch my head, but you know. This is the perfect, perfect accompaniment piece to the next song. That's true. It's a very, very nice lead in. I do have like one little piece of trivia. I read that, uh, uh, Brandon wa- actually wanted this to be the opening track, but he was vetoed by the rest of the band. Yes. <laughs>
1: so yeah.
0: That, yep. yep. Which I think, I mean, it, like, like you said, Wes, it leading into back into the left uh, works pretty well. So yes,
2: it does. Yeah.
0: Speaking of that, number seven, back into the left.
2: Huh. Okay. Uh, I, <laughs> uh, here's where I make a very bold. Pro- proclamation, oh, okay. Ooh this is my opinion solely my opinion i do have people that have corroborated this with me my opinion this is the best emo slash post hardcore song okay <laughs> fucking ever <laughs> ever like i like it does everything right i'm it and rips it's it, so good it, it, it's so fucking good it goes so hard and then you finish with uh Um, I'll always stick up for you. Like, oh my god. Like this this song is just I think it's the I don't think emo knows this is the best emo song
1: ever written. That's how fucking good this you had me scared, sir. (laughs) So this is like my favorites, Texas is a reason song. This is is the song. song, that when I was younger was like, you know how I got that mix with like three songs on it. And this was one of them. And I was like, this is amazing. Yes. So like, I thought you were about to go down a very darker path. (laughs) And I was like, no, Oh no, (laughs) no,
2: I, I, I feel like I, I get more pushback on that statement than I don't. But I mean, I feel like I can make a solid argument for like, this is, this is up there. I mean, uh,
1: I'll say it's up there. I'll say it's, if you had a, let's say top 10 yeah of yeah. actual emo songs not of this generation especially yep, it's yep. definitely in that top 10
2: yes it's a uh, it uh I, I mean just the lyrics and the thing is the song is about the song is about struggling the like that whole thing where the labels are bidding on on this band and these guys are trying to figure out how to live in fucking new york this song is about like how how are we gonna pay our fucking bills how are we going to get through this and i love the urgency and the earnestness of like we are young dudes playing basically we're punk we're punk rock kids who are trying to make a career of this shit and we got to figure out how we're going to pay our rent like i i that that encapsulates everyone's experience in their 20s
1: pretty succinctly i think and also instrumentally, I feel like it's one of the one songs definitely on this album that you get that hardcore vibe from. Yes, you do. It's not yeah. a hardcore song, no. but it's like the the style and the guitars. You're like, yep. okay, I can see some definite hardcore influences Spe- in this, yes. or especially the way it opens. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. With the ringing out
2: that yeah. Yeah. Fucking awesome.
1: So much energy right <laughs> it's off the get go.
2: So good. It's such a good song, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm who I really thought we're gonna have to debate (laughs) I'm in full agreement here yeah
2: I I think universally like this is a song that like my like my brother's much more of a hardcore guy than I am like still to this day like he's you know he's like this high school principal at a stem academy and he's fucking you know (laughs) covered in tattoos and and you know he has like bad brains and h2o shit and mad ball up all over his office like he's a hardcore kid and or, or hardcore man, I should say. Um, And, uh and uh this is one of those songs for him. And like guys like him, that are like, that song goes so hard. It's so good. It's back into the left is, is it, it passes with hardcore.
1: <laughs> Not to derail here. I just wanted to bring up the fact you brought up those three bands. Cause someone's brought up to me before. I love H2O. Mm-hmm. I hate mad ball. I can't get into mad ball. <laughs> oh, I get it. I don't understand it. I like,
2: and my brother's probably like, he could explain it better. Cause he's way into like,
1: what was the other band? Uh,
2: like mad ball, H2O, uh, bad brains, you know, obviously, oh, yeah, brains. Bad um, but like, he's like, and he likes this new generation, uh, like drain and bands like that. Like he's, uh, I don't know. Uh, they're, they're all like, like revelation has another, another like wave of these bands that are coming in. And, um, but yeah, he likes all that agnostic front, mad ball, all that shit. Like, I can't hang with it. It doesn't do anything for me. But, you know, go get it, I guess.
1: <laughs> I mean, I know a lot of it's about family because that's what I get from H2O is like, oh, brotherhood. We're all yep. friends. We're all yep. family. You choose your family. Yeah. And but I, I like, enjoy I like H2O. I, I like KJ. Yeah. I think he's a good dude. Yes. All right. Sorry. Back to this album. <laughs> no, you're
2: good. You're good. Number eight, The Day's Refrain. All right. So here's where we get into the emo portion of, of Texas is the reason is track eight and track nine, at least for me. I think this is, this is where these are the songs. There's movements in these last two tracks that showcase what would be things that bands like mineral would, would go after um, the get up kids did some of the shit uh, early Appleseed cast. Um, And I like, I don't know if their fans would realize this, but, some of this some of those like come down parts american football i'm sure those dudes were listening to this record i'm sure that they were there was that's a reference point for them um i love this song i think it's really good uh i think it's uh i think this is another example of like this is a how to emo song yep it's got all of the dynamics that we expect in emo and post hardcore that's you know, soft and like you know, quiet than loud, quiet than loud, that sort of thing.
0: The riff is so familiar. I mean, I could say that about like eight of <laughs> eight of the nine songs on the album. but, yeah, yeah. um I was hoping Danny was going to have more of those. like it sounds just like this in his back pocket. <laughs> Sorry, but, I should no, 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 I'm I'm glad you had just one. that I one was really like... oh, well, it's the identical riff, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this Ooh. might be me projecting. OK, but I feel like this, like, did someone not have a good relationship with their dad? <laughs> and yeah, that's yeah, I feel that. You mean when
1: he's singing, I guess you never tried? I guess you never tried hard enough. You project that to be about a father figure? <laughs> Joshua. <laughs> no, what, what would
2: ever make you think
1: that? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, you know. So this this track a jack with one eye and back to the left back into the left are the three tracks I had on that mix I was made oh so the last three songs yeah and these okay. are the songs I knew like yeah. a lot yeah. so yeah. actually the first half of this album I didn't know at all like I think I've listened to them maybe once in the past wow. but these three songs I've known forever so <laughs> I have less to say about these because I'm just like oh memories this is just hey. wonderful yeah
2: you're just, you're just walking down memory lane with this yeah so. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I, it, uh, uh, the day's refrain is very much a, hey, emo kids, if you want to know how to make your record, this <laughs> song will tell you how to make your record. <laughs> yeah. And it's great. Like, that's what influence is. That's what inspiration is, is you hear a record and you get blown away by it. You want to learn how to, like, how do I do that? How do I sound like that? How do I write music like that? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what these songs are for.
0: Someone is nailing something into a wall downstairs. I don't is know if you guys it? can hear it. it can you very, hear it? It's
2: very faint. It's very faint. I'm
0: it's gonna tell Tab that you're super pissed off.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she would know she knows better.
0: She would never believe that. Maybe for a second. Maybe a second. all right. La- last one. Uh number nine, a jack with one eye. Mm.
2: It's this a jam. So, this
0: <laughs> song sounds like other songs I've heard so, before.
2: <laughs> yeah, yep. I like the idea that like Josh is gonna go back through his records and be like oh
0: god all these bands are frauds They're... <laughs> no i know how it works no i no It just honestly i think that was the thing that helped me build appreciation for this as i was yeah. listening to it subsequent times because i was like oh man like they just like laid the groundwork yeah so it's
2: kind of cool i mean like i think that's a cool aspect of this band is they they wrote the book for you and you can you know and you can learn from it and and you know make your own thing of it and i i think that's what makes them this album so great this song is if you were if this is the last song that you would ever hear or that is like ultimately like this is the last song on the only full-length album they'd ever release and uh if that's the case this is a great way to go out this is a, this is a great way to leave the building is is on this song it's got that incredible build and then that really beautiful come down at the end
1: i have one major thing to say about this song. Yeah, 10, you always 10. say it's about you. You think this references some other band, Josh? Well, I this mean, song, yeah, I think. This song created Jimmy World to me. Start per, prevail, Static Prevails comes out and it's terrible in my opinion. It's not a very good album.
2: It's not good now. I I, I can't. Yeah, wait. I've been listening to it in a while,
1: but I feel like they listened to this one song, and you can almost hear this one <laughs> song on every song on Clarity, which. <laughs> is amazing don't get me wrong i love clarity start yep. to finish
2: it's their best album in my opinion
1: no futures is but we could talk later about that. Oh, oh <laughs> i really love futures okay, okay but clarity second clarity it i love the album in the whole but it definitely just sounds like they seriously listen to this one texas is the reason song we're like all right let's scratch everything we were doing on that last yeah, album 12 this is you. how our band <laughs> is gonna sound from now on <laughs>
2: Let's write 12 of that.
1: <laughs> Seriously Josh, if you ever get a chance, just listen to this Texas of the Reading song and put on any song from Clary and you're like, okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay.
2: That's, That's my homework. T- that totally <laughs> makes sense.
1: <laughs>
2: I the all the reason I always say Clarity is my favorite Jimmy Eat World record, or I feel like it's the best one, is because I watched Clarity come out and then everybody just scrap everything and go, Well, fuck you know like (laughs) listen to that how are we gonna do that and i like i watched clarity like fuck up emo Um, oh it's like it like royally fucked everyone up because
1: they're like they said they set the bar really high
2: and everybody went well shit these guys can get on the radio with this what are we doing
1: they were trendsetters because everyone sounded like clarity for a while after that oh my god yeah yeah. bleed american came out which is a little bit a popular version of yep. what they were doing already yep. then everybody sounded like bleed american after that but then yep. they stopped i feel like pe- bands stopped caring what jimmy world sounded like yeah yeah
2: now they just sort of coast through life which good for them you can make money that way um uh, well. so yeah so this song though i fucking <laughs> i love it i think it's a great way to leave this album
0: <laughs> yeah um so uh final thoughts on the album as a whole it's shit i was kidding it's <laughs> it not stinks just... no <laughs> um well like i've i've already said i you know i first first listen was not super stoked but then as i continued to listen um really uh grew an appreciation for what they've done and really see um how it's laid the groundwork for um you know other waves of uh, punk derivative music to come afterwards. So yeah,
2: yeah. I I think uh, I I think this. I mean that this is my favorite. This is in my top five albums ever, obviously. But uh, I what think are your
0: top five albums ever? If you can do it quickly.
2: Uh, New bomb Turks destroy old oh boy. Texas is the reason. Do you know who you are? Husker uh, Du. Flip Your Wig, uh, Joy Division... Uh, um, uh, which Joy Division record? Not Closer, the first one. Um, and then... Oh, fuck. Uh, maybe life, li- life to Unknown Pleasures, yeah. and that may- eh, Afghan Wigs, uh, Gentlemen. Probably yeah, be. I was
0: really expecting Spice World to be in there. I... <laughs> Who's your Spice Girl of choice? Sporty.
1: Sporty, really? Yeah. You've never listened to this podcast because I feel like this mentioned every episode. <laughs> yes, it is
0: <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> he I, talks about Sporty oh, oh, quite a bit. Okay. Um,
0: well, we did a Spice World episode, and we t- like we watched the movie, and then oh. I also she had a solo uh, another solo album come yeah. out this year, and it was actually pretty good. And um, I might have paid to get um is <clears throat> the only thing she's ever released on vinyl and um so i i bought it i bought an autographed version of it off ebay and paid oh. more in shipping than i did for the album but
2: checks out. um yep.
0: you know it's uh
2: hey if you're a fan you're a fan man
0: that's what i was doing in 1996 when this album <laughs> came out i was telling you telling you what i want what i really really want so no when uh when ashley talks about uh 90s and early 2000s pop music on your show, I'm always like, yes, I know you relate. I know to all that. that stuff, yeah. <laughs> so
2: that's her jam, yep. man.
0: That's, a, yep, that's yep, her yep.
1: world.
0: All right, should we get into the guest mix?
1: Yes, guest yeah. mix, guest mix, guest mix, guest mix.
0: I like, I love this.
2: I love that you guys do this.
0: <laughs> I do. I think <laughs> it's fun. Good, good. Okay, first question: What's your favorite love song? uh My favorite love song
2: is, I believe, when I fall in love, it will be forever by Stevie Wonder. uh this was uh uh, the first song Uh, my wife and my that was our first dance at our wedding that was our song so i love this song i think it's beautiful
0: stevie wonder's great (laughs) in in lieu of writing that whole thing down i'm just going to write stevie wonder high fidelity there you go yeah (laughs) i know what song that is that way uh okay (laughs) Uh, yeah on the uh on the opposite end of the spectrum what is your go-to angry song?
2: This is a weird one. Um, and I really had to think about it because I don't like, like I, I straddle such a chaotic line of like, I'm a very like happy person, but I'm also a super confrontational person <laughs> too. So like, I'm like, what, what do I fucking look? Cause it's such a hairpin thing where I'm just like, I'll go from being totally fine to just, if I see something that's bothering me, I have to be like, Hey, what are you doing? Knock it off. And, so like it's never it never really has a soundtrack. It's just the chaos of how my brain works. But I would say maybe "Show Off" by Kid Dynamite, or just the first Kid Dynamite record in general. Like that's a good like angry burst of like, yeah, yeah. No, this is yeah. I'm fucking angry. Let's turn this song up and and uh, and be angry together.
0: <laughs> I'm always so worried. Uh, I'm always worried that I'm going to like. Rear end you in traffic, and then you're gonna murder me because I hear you talk about how you react, how you've reacted <laughs> to people when that's happened. Um, I, I uh, yes, I, I would, I'm i hoping that there would be murderous rage and then you would recognize, I've me I mean, oh. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're
2: good,
0: we're good, we're both no. insured, we'll fix this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, what is the song that has influenced you the most? And this could be like you know, in any you can take that anyway, like when you were in a band like that way yep. or just in yep. life in general
2: uh it's uh side one track one of uh new bomb turks Detroit boy burn uh born to lose uh, latrek uh that song the first time i heard that record that totally changed how i saw punk rock um and uh has kind of that 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 in texas is the reason these, those are the two bands that have, have had the most profound effect on me as a person. Um, But that song, hearing that and just having my, like being this young punk rock kid who thought like, well, I have to listen to this and I have to listen to this because that's the job. You gotta listen to Black Flag. You gotta listen to Descendants. You gotta listen to Minor Threat. And then someone puts this on and it's like, it's punk rock. It's fast and it's chaotic, but also it's like, it's also like there's Little Richard is in there too. Like, this pulse of rock and roll is in there and, and you realize like, Oh God, this is fucking, this is, this is incredible. So it's definitely that. Okay.
0: What is your current favorite song?
2: Uh, it's, uh, have you guys ever heard the band? I think that they're called, it's called Kaylee mazey K A L I M A S I. No. Okay. So, um, I really like them. Uh they got a song called Trophy Deer off their last record that I really fucking like and I've been listening to it a lot so yeah K A L I M A S I is the name and I honestly don't know how to pronounce it, it my I I say it as Kaylee Macy but I don't know if I don't know what the fuck that means so
1: I that's what I was I'm looking at it now I feel like that would be it Uh their song Trophy Deer
2: I'm a, I really like that song a lot uh, I'm highly, it highly recommended. It. It's, it's good. It's, it's got, it's got a good, it's got a good chorus. I, I like those guys.
0: I've, I've, I've seen this band. I saw this band at blood fest, I think. Okay. I'm not surprised. They seem to be in that world. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember liking them. I only remember the names of the bands that I liked because I saw so many and I was like so much older than everyone that was at blood fest. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we, <laughs> i see things like i see things
2: like fest i look at the lineup and i see like a furnace fest is coming back too and i'm like i just can't imagine doing that for three days like it's an incredible lineup but i'm like i no, i don't have that in me it's just so
0: much work well blood fest is all like diy and up and coming bands and then yeah. they, they'll get like a the wonder years and the wonder years is really only playing it because they played it when they were nobodies. And now they're coming back to like play the last one or whatever. But yeah, yeah, I was, I was the oldest person there that wasn't like accompanying their child. So totally, yeah, totally get that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's your all time favorite song? I know that's uh, hard to do, but
2: it's not because we talked about it. Yeah. Uh, it's back into the left. by Texas. Ah, is
0: perfect. I'll, I'll check find... that one
1: out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. It sounds interesting. That's a Seinfeld uh, reference. So. That's
2: uh, that's my, that's my all time favorite back go. and to the left, back and to the left.
1: Uh, that's that all those JFK references. So weird. I did not know that. That's yeah. one of the things I love about our dynamic is when we review albums, I go from the heart. I don't look up anything really. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know I go from memory or I go from the heart. And then Josh is like,
0: Oh, you know that blah, blah, blah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that, that, that happens more when it's like something like this that I was like, didn't know. Cause that's like, that's my angle is to like, look up the things. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, then once we realized that that was a good dynamic for us, we just went with it. now, I just research everything, well, yes, I like yeah
1: it's, it's I don't have to research anything, <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> works for just me, works roll
2: in and record,
0: yeah, <laughs> um, you know, you d- don't lie, you take notes, you try to pretend
1: well, but, I take heavy notes but it's usually like on song structure or yeah, lyrics i sure. like but i don't like look up histories like i either. got really
0: high and wrote like three things in my notepad and i did I, that to a few yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> i i deliberately did not get high before we started recording i was like no <laughs> i want to be focused
0: <laughs> well thank you
2: you're welcome
0: <laughs> <laughs> i usually
1: wait till five seconds after the show too i get that yeah.
2: oh i'm gonna huh? hey, we're watching the oscars this is a this is a, uh, we, we, we have a little points contest. So,
1: Oh, nice. Well, yeah. Danny
0: knows me when I was a straight edge kid. So he's probably still a little, although we've smoked together too. So it's so, all. So oh, okay. Well, full they, circle yep, like break, twice. <laughs> the edge is yeah, more than twice.
2: The, the edge is meant to be broken. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. You guys ever heard the Bob mold story? No. no. Uh, so who's going to do? We're not straight. Edge? Uh, but apparently there's there's a version of it. And I like Bob doesn't tell it in his book, but there's a version of the story where when Minor Threat and Hoosker Doo met each other on the road, I they ended up playing on a bill together. And I believe Henry Rollins may have introduced Ian and Bob. And Bob was like, Oh, okay, minor threat, cool. Yeah, he's like straight edge, right? And he's like, Yeah, he goes, Yeah, fuck straight edge, and walked away. <laughs> Which, you know, oh. I I love that. <laughs> I, I do. I, I've written that as a quote before. Just fuck straight edge,
0: Bob. Moult.
1: I want to point <laughs> out that my screen name is X hard on my sleeve X. I did. That I noticed that I didn't
0: want to bring it up. It was a joke to our I, yeah. episode. <laughs> I, like
2: yeah, yeah. I like it. I it, like it. It's applicable. That's a screen <laughs> name. If I've ever seen one. <laughs>
1: it's my aim name. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, all right, all where, right. Where are we at? what's what is your go-to karaoke song uh
2: so i don't do karaoke uh even though i have sung for bands for 20 some years uh my argument used to be like i get fucking paid to sing my own songs uh but i don't find myself in a situation where i do karaoke but a few times i have been in in those situations and it's been around like other bands like an event where there's a bunch of bands partying and uh, my go-to was always if you want blood by ACDC because the band that I was in during uh, the height of uh, our, I was in a band called the breakup and we were like, we were like every, we're, we're all your favorite bands, favorite band. Like, but you know, the record labels were like, no. Um, but we covered that for an AC/DC tribute show. And that became a thing that people like that's, the first thing that uh, put us on the map in Toledo oddly enough was we were a new band and we covered if you want blood by ACDC at this tribute night at the bottle rocket. And then from there it was like, that's what everybody knew us as it was like, Oh, that's the, they, those, those are those kids that covered if you want blood. And, uh, and that sort of got, it put, got our foot in the door to, to get in with certain promoters in the area. And so at least we had, places to play locally so that's when i can do uh, I, I do that
0: at karaoke one time danny and i did um we did uh what's the oh now i can't think of the name of the song uh, nine inch nails song
1: don't uh, hurt hurt no.
0: no not hurt closer closer yes and i remember being hung over in McDonald's the next morning and some person from the bar being like, hey, who saw you? I was like, oh, no, don't follow me out of the bar. Like, I don't need people to know that I did
2: that. (laughs) I like that. We did great. I don't know what you're talking about. It's your legacy, dude.
0: (laughs) I I remember that, and I remember you and I doing uh, My Friends Over You by Newfound Glory and then also being too drunk and doing Dance Dance by Fall Out Boy and us both overestimating how high Patrick sings that song. And it was really, it was, it was bad time. Anyway. Um, okay. What song wants you, what, what song makes you want to get up and dance? This is a weird one because I don't like, I had to really sit and think and I was like,
2: fuck, I don't know. I don't know. Like I'll hear something. And like, there are certain songs that like, if you hear it, you're like, Oh shit. Okay. But I like, it doesn't, that doesn't necessarily like mean I'm inclined to dance. Um, so, I started breaking it down and I thought if there ever was one that would make me want to get up and dance, it's probably a
1: song like Let's Go Crazy by Prince. Nice. Yeah, I'm here for that. I think we should change the way we word that question to like, if you're in a checkout line in the grocery store and this song comes on, what's going to make you not stand still?
2: (laughs) Right, right. Are you going to bob your head? Are you going to? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Because yeah, like people it. might not get up and dance, but if you know, if let's go crazy by Prince is on, and you're standing in line at Meyer, you're going to be like,
2: yep. all right, yeah, <laughs> yep. all right." Prince comes on, you've get, it's got your attention, right? So,
1: yeah. Oh yeah. no, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> uh,
0: all right. What's the most unexpected song on your playlist? And so I have a little uh, thing that I say every time on this. Yeah, one. go ahead. Um, so this. Uh, in an alternate universe, you know, this would be like your guilty pleasure, but beside ourselves, we don't believe in guilty pleasures. We believe you listen to whatever fucking music you want to. And that's what you listen to. And that's what you like. Uh, Unless it's Nickelback, Um, but, or, or imagine dragons, but you know, otherwise it's, it's okay. So, Unless yeah. that, unless you like those bands and then that's totally fine too. And I'm I don't just like, being they keep dip.
1: adding bands. <laughs> so you're well, slowly I've, I've making heard that imagine dragons. Whittling the opportunity I've, out for I've people. I've heard
0: that imagine dragons <laughs> is the new nickelback, like the new most hated band. Well, so
2: like if you just universally hate that shit though, it makes life a lot easier. Like, or not even hate that shit. I just go like, that's ah, not for me. I don't listen to that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't like, really I, care. Yeah. Yeah. But like that I think that's where like that whole guilty pleasures thing uh where like people are like like to me a guilty pleasure is like oh I like this shitty candy bar. You know, like that's a guilty pleasure. Yeah. Music and movies like it's all subjective, you know? So I like that. I like that you guys don't have guilty pleasure. Um So I listen to uh most of what I listen to is like punk rock post hardcore post punk power pop in that realm right uh i also really like pop music particularly modern pop music and i also like uh i also like modern hip hop specifically like these young guys i know everyone's like oh mom this that you know they all bitch about it i fucking love these kids <laughs> like i their songs are all like a minute and 10 seconds long it's it's like it, it, it's so like it it's all over the place it's chaotic and i fucking love that i like all these lungs these young dudes i like i mean the baby's really big but like guys like little dirk i think he's great i like i like all those griselda guys i love all these young rappers because they're like punk they're punk rock kids they're 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 chaotic and young and they're impulsive and i i'm fucking into that so i don't know i like that shit uh but i guess the one track i picked and i know this because like uh, my my daughter tends to get annoyed by this song it's a song <laughs> called it's a song called uh, whoopty by cj uh, if you've not heard it I, I mean go ahead and look it up his his name is literally cj and the song is whoopty w h o o p t y and if you heard that you'll go yeah i don't know why you listen to that <laughs> But I'm I'm telling you, it's a, it's a good fucking song. It's got a good hook. I I really like it.
0: Yeah, I I think um, just seeing the album art, I'm thinking that it, this this qualifies. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's because I could have said like "Peaches" by Justin Bieber, but that's not that fucking hard to believe. Like something, oh god, a song that you know is universally beloved. Like yes, of course, lots of people like it. It's you say "Peaches." Is that the song that that?
1: I mean, I mean I'm not against Justin Timber or Justin Bieber. He's written many great songs. That yeah. song was terrible.
2: <laughs> I love it. I love it. I oh, no. I like it. that <laughs> I love that chorus. I do. I also, like, I hated Bubblegum, but then, like, it grew on me. I was like, fuck, that is good. That is a good fucking song.
0: Well, but lot- Danny and I both loved um, Anyone off that yeah. album. Like, we've yeah. been singing the praises of that, even after we heard that he stole it from, from uh, Toto so
2: that's fine like what's what are they doing you know
0: yeah uh (laughs) living
2: off of africa royalties hey man take your checks and shut up weezer weezer's got you covered they'll make sure you get paid let let the beeves rip you off i i like uh but yeah i like a lot of that rap this current rap a lot i I, I, want to
1: say listening to whoopty just now yeah i like the beats but also it's got like a theramone almost like Yeah. yeah like yeah yeah (laughs) and
2: and the way he the way he phrases shit i love it
0: you know the funny thing about that though is that um i watched this video by the punk rock nba and he pointed out that like that's the soundcloud rap like that that whole like movement if you really look at it like that's where that grew out of that's like this this era's version of emo for sure. Like, li- yeah. like lyrically and yep. like yep. thematically, um, and like it's just juice, that they're yeah. doing it without a band. You yeah. know?
2: Juice World, so, Juice yeah. World is a prime example of that.
0: Juice, um, Ju- juice World is only a couple steps away from stuff like, you know, Real Friends and, um, you know, the Wonder Years and stuff. Did which you is listen like, to his
1: rock? Like, he re-released one of his albums as a rock album, didn't he? Uh, oh no, uh, he,
2: it's got a band. Like, I think they retracted it all. Yeah.
1: It's very much in that genre. (laughs) It is. It's not bad either. No, no,
2: no. Uh, I, uh, I, I like a lot of the, I like these guys too, that are still like, I like that. They're still talking about the streets. Like that, that goes away. It comes and goes in ways. Like you, when you have a guy like Drake, who's massively successful is who's going to believe Drake talking about the streets. Fucking nobody. Right. Yeah. But, But these kids, like, and you, if you watch like, like CJ is a good example, or some of these guys like Lil Dirk watch their videos or like their early videos where they were shooting in their fucking neighborhoods. And I love that because I was like, I know a dude with the DSLR camera. I have the song. We're going to like, there's still a gorilla style to what they're doing. And I, that, that is more like when they're still able to talk about the shit that they're still like the the world they're still living in before they're massively successful. And they're on a fucking commercial. Like that's, that's where I like to see these kids. I, and I think that's where they connect
1: to punk rock. Yeah. Josh, do you okay. know any currents of this style of hip hop that you really like?
0: It's okay um, not. Yeah. So yeah. I am one of the bleh, mumble rap, uh, give me Notorious B.I.G. or well, like you know I'm I'm that guy. But I do I do like like the the Juice World I've heard I like and but I haven't I haven't made it a point to like explore any of that. Well, I'm like, not I'm like. Go yeah.
1: ahead, Wes. You started off with hardcore or emo. Would you say hardcore? Like, do you like any current hardcore? I couldn't tell you. I <laughs> I. Started off so I've I found this with everyone who's eclectic. Like I like everything. You guys like everything. We're all over the board. But that genre you started with, you hold way too dear to you. Like I started with pop punk. I can't stand like the newer pop punk stuff. I never got into Wonder Years. I know I feel bad. I got into Wonder Years late. I don't like you're a hip hop head. You can't stand new hip hop. You hardcore. That's like it's where you start. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you like all genres. It's No, Once you no, totally get makes to sense. a certain age, you don't like that genre's new generation.
0: Yeah. Well, no, and that makes sense. I mean, like, I've I've been listening to music uh, obsessively since I was a toddler. Like, yeah. you know, knowing all of the words to every song on the Jethro Tull Greatest Hits album, because my dad was listening to it all the time. Yep. But the first time that I, like, broke out on my own was 90s hip-hop and R&B. Like, that's totally makes sense.
1: Yeah, i I noticed it a lot with Metal Heads. Yep. Like... I was talking to a guy at the record store who was obsessed with Iron Maiden and stuff, which, you know, we like Iron Maiden too. We were like, talking about we that. <laughs> but I was trying to talk about some newer metal bands I heard on Spotify. He's like, oh, that's so much garbage. I'm like, it sounds very similar. It's like, it's all garbage. I bet he I'm hates like, ghosts
0: and thinks that they're not metal. Probably. Today, I yeah. didn't even
1: bring up ghosts. But I just I mean, feel like they're, yeah. That genre you start with, no matter how eclectic you are, that's your the picky one as you yeah. get older.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, that totally I, makes sense.
2: I, uh, I would say like, like using that as an example, like with hardcore uh, the last era of bands I listened to was like by the grace of God, uh, gray area, reach the sky, uh, that era of like that, those like victory records, like those were the, like, I couldn't do the earth crisis shit all that anymore. um ma- like, I think Kid Dynamite's second record came out after all that stuff. But that's kind of where it all ends for me. Like, that's like, I, then it's gone. Like, I don't, I don't listen to any of it. I couldn't tell you first thing about any of the new bands. I think the closest I came is like, my brother will send me shit on occasion. That's like, if it's kind of singing and melodic or has like that Discord record sound, he'll send it to me. <laughs> so I hear a band like Praise. I thought they were really fucking good. Uh, but I I don't know any I don't know any of the new shit. Couldn't tell you first thing about it.
0: Yeah, cool. Oh, well, let's oh, get yeah, back to this mix. I'm sorry. We have one more question. Yeah. Um, no, I'm glad that you're derailing us too sometimes because I feel like it's just me, and so that way I don't have to feel bad that we're running <laughs> long. Uh, what's okay? So last question is: What is your perfect concert lineup? So this is like three to five musicians or bands, artists, living or dead, any era. So like if you wanted to, if you wanted like the opener to be. Van Halen with David Lee Roth and yep. then the closer to be Van Haven, Van Hagar. Like you can do that. Like whatever, whatever way you want to make it work. No, no Gary Sharon. That seems unfair. Well, I mean, if you want, but who wants that?
2: <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, but this is easy for me because it's the five bands that I can say I never saw. Perfect. So I think it's see who's do. So that's, that's a, that would be number one. Fugazi? I never saw Fugazi. Uh Texas is the reason. I never saw them. You never saw them? No. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. nope.
1: uh um, Saying it like I have.
2: Yeah. Uh <laughs> lifetime? Uh didn't get to see them. Jersey's best answers is one of my favorite hardcore records ever and the band Seaweed. Those are five bands I never got to see. I fucking wish I could. Uh so that was that, that was easy like there are so many bands that I've seen I've you know seen or played with but those are the ones that I'm like god I'll never get a shot to see them and they're like such huge parts of my life
0: well you know Texas is the reasons coming up on their 25th anniversary that done a, done a yeah. couple couple uh, co- done a couple reunion shows before you know
2: they have you know if there's ever a reason I suppose that's the uh, that's the reason to do it right 25 years
0: yeah I'm feeling it that's gonna happen we'll go we'll all go yeah yeah no (laughs) we're just gonna stand out in the crowd going you know um back it to the left (laughs) i'm sure they'll get around to it yeah yeah (laughs) all right um danny do we have time to do weekly rewind or do you want to I know. I know that you're probably also gonna having some sort of Oscars watch party as well. I am not. I was just We're, actually oh. trying to
1: look up. Uh, I swore I saw Lifetime at some point in my life, and I thought it was at Riot Fest. And they uh, did play.
2: when they got back together and released that album in 2007, they may have done some reunion shows after that too.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. I remember like, oh, I have to go see this band for a minute because it's some band I should actually know. I've seen. Yeah, but I don't yeah. remember anything about the show. I just feel like I walked up to the Lifetime stage of Riot Fest and then saw a couple songs and left, but oh, not that that makes you feel better because you that wanted hurts. to see them really bad. <laughs> oh, it hurts. Oh, I'm so sorry. Alright, Weekly Rewind. <laughs> um... <laughs> Um, you got one? You got any Josh?
0: I have a I have a ton. Oh, so Wes, I didn't prep you for this. We do we do like a stuff that came out recent like this week that Yeah, I've to, heard you
2: guys do this on here.
0: Yeah. Oh, but he didn't know Sporty Spice was my favorite. I didn't know I,
2: Sporty Spice, but I remember this part. This
0: is some bullshit.
2: No,
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. Um yeah, so I can't remember some of these you might have done last week. Um Cause I, I don't know where the cutoff is, but uh, I'll just try to go through them quickly. So there's a song called Draculads by a band called Salem. I like, I like that. I, I clicked on it just cause I thought the name was hilarious and then it ended up being pretty good. Um, There was a song called misfire by hail the sun. It's getting like real strong fall of Troy vibes, like fall of Troy with l- a little less screaming, which is like, Oh, even better for, for me, my opinion, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cambridge, Ticket to Hell. Um, I've took your advice, Danny, and started listening to the new punk uh, uh, playlist. <laughs> I noticed uh, uh, the Bronx Super Bloom was good. Um, yes,
2: it sound they sound fucking fantastic. Yeah, they it. do.
0: Yeah, I I'm was, excited I was for, that.
2: for that record.
0: Um, Illuminati Hotties had a weird but fun song. Uh, it's I don't know how to say the the name. It's like M M M O O O A A A A A Y A Y A. They it's like the way that it's like a sound that they make in the um in the chorus. But um, wither away, cherish your friends. Was getting really strong Seosin vibes was which was exciting. I miss Seosin. Um Prize Fighter Inferno's new album came out. Um, I like it, but it's I I'm like Claudio. Why do you need to do those vocal things? Your voice is great. but he's weird. So that's the way it is. You know, I was,
2: I was going to say he's kind of a weirdo. So I mean, yeah, if you're looking for an answer.
0: Yeah. And then just to stay on brand with what we've already talked about, uh, AJ McLean from the Backstreet Boys had a solo song called out, come out called love song. Love. It's not my favorite song ever, but I think if you like BSB.
2: Actually, uh, did you know that AJ McLean has a new song out? Oh, well, now she's got something to go listen to. There we go. You, I learned something new there.
0: Um, yeah. So if you like, uh, if you like BSB, that's uh, it's it'll be right up your alley. It's pretty good. Nice. So, go ahead, Danny. Oh, ho, 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 my
1: turn. <laughs>
0: turn all right. Monster for a second.
1: The thing I've been jamming all week. I mean, I have a list of other stuff, but last year. Jeff Rosenstock put out an album called No Dream. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to put the
0: Jeff Rosenstock song on mine. Yeah. This
1: year on 420, because on April Fool's Day, he said he was going to drop a copy of that album that's all Scott. Everyone's like, oh, happy April Fool's Day. On 420, he dropped Scott Dream, and it is dope. Oh my it's God. Really good. Cool. It's so weird listening to this album, the first one, and then seeing just how good it is in Scott form. Like a mutation. That just comes down to Jeff being really fucking good at making music. It's so good.
2: My daughter likes him because of Craig of the Creek.
1: What is Craig of the Creek? A cartoon,
2: and he did the music for it. Oh, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So
1: Uh, I instantly pre ordered this album, and then sad to see this not actually dropping till November, the vinyl. So Ah. I hate long waits. (laughs) (laughs) So that'll be a nice surprise in November. Yeah, you got that at least. All right. So the rest of my playlist is complete opposite of Josh. Mine's very hip hop driven, weirdly. Or um, have you heard a cupcake? No. It's a female artist. And the song Mosh Pit hits. Yep. Oh, my God. You need to hear it, Josh. It is good. Okay. Do recommend. Um, this one's not hip hop. This one's very folky. It's Lord Huron, Long Lost. It's very slow, but very like it almost sounds like it could be in a Wes Anderson movie. It's really good. Hot Mulligan dropped a song that's going to come out on like I guess an EP that's coming out with the re-release, or it's I don't know completely. It's it's not a full album, but it's like part of their last year's album. This came out last week, but it blew me and and's mind away. Tom Jones dropped an, a song called, or it's a cover, "One More Cup of Coffee." Yeah. You need to hear it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he was he was on Marin, and he's really good on
0: there, by the way. Oh, I, but... Yeah. I, re-
1: I recommend listening to that.
0: Tom um, Jones, um, like, she's a lady. It's not yeah. unusual. Tom Jones. Yeah. Tom Jones,
1: yeah. Like, I, I almost want you to put it on for a second right now, just so you he's can be man. blown away. I did not expect this at all.
0: Do um, you want me to? Nah. No, I'll, it it I'll put it in post.
1: Snoop Dogg's album dropped. It's not bad there are the few songs that we've talked about that are really fun, but I haven't liked a Snoop Dogg album in a while. So it's kind of nice to find a few <laughs> yeah. songs on um, that new weekend and Ari and Grande song. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. I, they sound, they sound really good together.
1: And then going into the more hardcore world, uh, the double Wars Prada is coming out with zombie Two Cause their first EP zombie was just a four song, five song EP about a zombie apocalypse. And then the part two is coming out this year and the song Termination dropped. I dig that. Do I have anything else? Oh, Flying Lotus and Thundercats came out with a song called Black Gold. You know how I love Thundercat. I've talked about him in the past. That's sweet. and Cleopatra Family Van.
0: Very cool. <laughs> I just love the name.
1: <laughs>
0: I saw Escape the Fate on the... On the um punk list and i was like i know the name of that band i know there's a that band exists but i'm never i'm that always feels like it's a band that i'm gonna tell my friends that i liked one of their songs and they're gonna go oh no don't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's what i thought i was so.
1: escape the fates came out with a for the myspace emo screamo era yeah they came out with a really awesome ep and then i don't know if they shift singers I i paid attention they became more like i don't know terrible scream of rock okay after that but their first ep you're like okay this is something different i mean not different everything around that sounded about the same but yeah Yeah. it was good so that first escape the fate ep you're like yeah this band's gonna be something and then seriously uh i don't even know like nikki six took over the band or something
2: he's that's the band he produced.
1: I don't know if that's I, that's them, but it sounds like it. So okay, I remember him producing a band. I was like,
2: Oof, this doesn't bode well. <laughs> yeah,
1: so it, I I actually haven't listened to the new Escape the Fate, but I haven't listened to the last two albums by Escape the Fate. So,
0: Best, do you any have th- any? I know I know you got to get out of here soon, but
2: yeah, I've got a couple. Um, okay, oh, sweet. Uh, there's a band called Silent. Uh, they do like a they do kind of the post punk death rock thing uh really fucking good band really good uh their new record modern hate came out highly recommend it give it a listen um it, it, these are albums that i uh, i'm gonna record yeah that works um uh band from the uk called harker h-a-r-k-e-r uh definitely fall into that like have uh, heavily influenced by like the second wave of emo post-hardcore he sounds a lot like garrett from texas is the reason the songwriting structure is very influenced by like you hear like bob mold solo stuff in there you hear game face you hear texas sam i am good band uh it's a good the new record is very good it's a nice progression from their last uh full length new dinosaur junior record came out i'm really excited about that uh is it good yeah it's really good it's it's perfect for it's perfect for right now is uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, it has. It feels good to listen to, and it's nice to hear hear Jay
1: doing Jay. I put his this single they dropped from this album. I put it on one of my past weekly rewinds because I was like, "Ooh, yeah. Dinosaur Junior's back!" and I liked it. I totally have not listened to this new album though, but so that's good to know.
2: Yeah, I I do recommend it. It's uh, it's nice. It's it feel it 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 doesn't feel heavy to listen to. Like it feels good to listen to it. Um, and then Ice Age has a new EP out and I anytime Ice Age releases something I'm fucking all in. So uh so yeah, check out Ice Age uh it's it's all one word, I C E A G E. Uh but uh it's called Gold City is the name of the EP. It's very good.
1: Cool, cool. Very
0: cool. Yeah. I do have two WTF songs. Oh go. No. One is Peace and Quiet by a band called Feet. And I just put it on there because the band's name is Feet. Yeah. I mean, that's okay. what we've done. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then there's a song. Um, I might be saying this wrong. It's uh, Suko, SOS, featuring Travis Barker. It's kind of got that, like... It's right in between it being, like, a pop-punk song and, like, a SoundCloud rap kind of song. Yep. And the guy sounds like he can sing, but he has, like heavy auto tune on his voice and it's just like what why why it sounds fine like what it's distracting (laughs) and then the other thing is like the we've talked about this before danny where travis barker is just like putting his name on stuff like anything he can and it it literally the whole song is like a drum machine and then like at one like tiny second you hear like a Travis Barker drum fill. It's like, he went into the studio and went, went do 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 do. And then like, here you go. Now you put my name on the song. Like, and, that, and that's it. Like it's, it's really, it's, it's very strange. So he's a, he's a weird guy. I feel like he pops up in really weird situations.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to wonder if he's to hire, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, if someone's like uh, Hey, if I give you a thousand dollars, we come in and drum for one minute. Yeah. And then can uh, we put your name on the song or something like that? Because he's definitely one of those guys
0: well you yeah. re i mean you realize that that's like even the band that he's most known for that's kind of what happened like he was in aquabats yep blink's drummer left and he was like, oh, I'll learn all your simple songs to do do doot and then and then just joined the band, yep, yep, so it, I think he's an amazing drummer and I love what he's done good in blink, especially late later blink uh yeah, but um yeah, I don't know what's going on with him now so <laughs>
2: He's just a weird guy. He seems like it seems like there's parts that are missing.
0: (laughs) He's been (laughs) through some shit, too.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Good point. Good point.
0: All right. Well, uh, this, w- this will officially be our longest episode ever. Uh, Sorry. Was, uh, no, 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 no. It was just as much our fault as it was yours. Uh, we, uh, we I were had a great talking time. Emo. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I feel like we really did, uh, you know, sit at the foot of the, the elders and learned about the, the, the history of our tribe here. And, um, I'm very happy that we did this. Thanks so much for being on Wes. We um, should have
1: changed our names to Wes being first wave, me being second wave and you being third uh, wave. Oh, we should have.
0: Well, you know, <laughs> when, uh, when we have him back on to do a Husker do album or something, um, we can, you know, we can mess with the names and I like so. it. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, Wes, you, right. you know what? Sorry. One last thing. Do you have anything that you'd like to plug before you, uh, we get
2: out of here oh sure yeah uh you can listen to our podcast uh why did we ever meet it's available every wednesday at 11 a.m wherever get your podcast from uh we are on uh, the jabroni U network uh so yeah every wednesday at 11 a.m uh find us on on instagram at why did we ever meet find us on twitter uh and uh find us on tiktok so yeah every wednesday 11 a.m why did we ever meet
1: oh i'm gonna follow you on tiktok i'm getting quality getting good at this
2: it's mostly me fucking around talking about emo and shit.
0: It's good. It's
1: just vinyl. All yeah. of this is vinyl stuff,
0: right? On, yeah. No, right people, on. people are going to think like you're the only host of the show because you're like your social media presence is so good. And I'm just like, <laughs> here's another weight loss photo. <laughs> here's another t Here's another wrestling t-shirt. I like um, the shirts.
2: I like when you share
0: this. I, yeah, I've I've posted a shirt every day this year. I'm on my 114th shirt. That's, I have so many fucking shirts. Dude, so, so do I, I get um, it. Yeah. All right. Uh Danny, you want to say your little uh, end of the show catchphrase you came up with last week? Do you remember? Huh? No. How'd it go? Oh, I don't I don't remember. I just remember you <laughs> saying it and then we were both like, That's great, leave that in. Like <laughs> please flip over record or something
1: like that. I don't know. All right, just cut it from the last album or album. Yeah, yeah, I'll just <laughs> just
0: isolate it from the last episode. After I'll write it down in. for
1: next time.
0: Cool. All right.
1: Bye guys. Later. Later.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Beside Ourselves. Beside Ourselves is written and recorded by Danny Lowens and Josh Schramm. Beside Ourselves is available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. If you like the show, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can follow and interact with us on Instagram and Twitter at B sidepod. If you have an album or music topic you want us to cover on a future episode, be sure to slide into those DMs and let us know. The intro music for today's show is by Chris Porter, and the outro music is by Former Critics.